Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Epic Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Meekham. Really happy to have one of my coworkers in today who's new to the podcast, John Stuligros. He is the Health Systems and Hypertension Program Manager for the Epic Program at the Department of Health. Welcome, John. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to be here. I thought it would be fun to invite you in because of your work with hypertension and heart health in general to have you come in and talk as we wrap up Men's Health Month. And this is an issue for men, right? I mean, this is something that both sexes, of course, deal with, but we're kind of focusing on men this month, and it is such an important issue for men that I thought we'd chat about it a little bit. I guess my first question for you is, what is hypertension? Why, why does it matter? Give us the big picture of hypertension. Yeah, um, you know, you, you, you're right in that it's a big issue for men. It's a big issue for everybody, but particularly men. Hypertension is another word for high blood pressure, uh, and we hear about it a lot, but really what it is is every time that the heart beats, the greater the pressure on the arteries, the greater chance that you have a heart attack and a greater chance that you have a stroke. And so the really short story is if, if you have high blood pressure and it's not managed, you are at a higher risk for serious cardiovascular outcomes that can include death. Something to get your attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Dave, before we, before we move on too, I think what makes this ultimately a very timely discussion, especially as it relates to men's health, is, is the COVID-19 pandemic, right? We're finding a lot of links to hypertension, to cardiovascular disease, and the complications related to COVID, we're finding that the way that the virus attaches to the body actually attaches to a receptor that's highly relevant to hypertension. So there's very strong links. And interestingly, we've heard that men are at higher risk for COVID poor outcomes as well. So there's really, really timely discussions to be had around this, especially for men. Right. And we should clarify that they're not more likely to get the virus, but that complication once the virus is contracted. Yep, that's right. Okay. And so this is obviously one of those conditions when we talk about those who have underlying conditions, this is one of those, diabetes and there's several others that we talk about that are common, especially as we age, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, in, in, in kidney disease, diabetes, you're exactly right, is that those are the underlying health conditions for COVID. But hypertension and diabetes and kidney disease, they're highly, highly related. If you have one, they're going to make the other one worse. If you have hypertension, diabetes is going to get worse. If you have diabetes and hypertension, your hypertension will get worse. And COVID is just another factor into this complicated mess. Yeah, and I've had loved ones in my family who have been huge examples of that. Uh, my mother had uh, diabetes. And because of that, she dealt with heart problems. Mm -hmm. And it's just, they are really intertwined. You're exactly right. Your story isn't unique. Um, we find that over 30% of, of men in Utah have hypertension. And I haven't run the exact numbers, but somewhere around 9% of men also have diabetes. I haven't done a comparison yet of those with hypertension and diabetes, but we know that somewhere around 66% of people with diabetes also have hypertension. So it's, it's something to keep an eye out for, but especially right now during COVID. Right. Just complicating matters further. Correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding of this is that men are more likely to have hypertension than women are. Yeah. And this is where we have to be careful with language. The risk is, I haven't looked at risk, but we do know that 
roughly 30% of men in Utah have hypertension versus 22% approximately for women. It's a pretty stark difference. Interestingly, men tend to get hypertension at a younger age, which means that the complications that hypertension can have occurs over time for men longer than it would for women. I see. So if men are getting it sooner, do women then catch up at some point? Yeah. You know, it's interesting that women tend to essentially catch up to men somewhere in their 60s, 65, 70, maybe a little bit younger. They think that scientists think that has something to do with potentially menopause and then the hormone levels and how hormones play a direct role with hypertension and hypertension control. The jury is still out as to the direct cause, but yeah, men get it younger and then women catch up. But importantly, Dave, um, hypertension is a long-term disease. So the longer you have it, i.e. men, the more likely serious complications could then occur. Right. So the longer it's there, the more damage that happens essentially and more complicated and the more serious the problems become. That's right. Okay. So for men that are dealing with this, Mm -hmm. What are the strategies that they have living in their life to try and manage it and maintain it and stay on top of it? Yeah. So the first problem is that many men and many people don't know they have it. And that's problem number one is you can't solve something if you don't know it's a problem. And it depends on a study you look at, but women can be up to 30% more likely to go to a doctor's office for an annual checkup than men. It might even be higher. We've talked you know, about common. that on this podcast before. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. And, it, and it's yeah. a real, it's a real concern. So blood pressure number one is is to get your blood pressure checked by a professional to see what is your blood pressure. There are ranges of what is healthy, what's borderline, and then what's high. And without going into too much detail, the important thing for men, young and older, is to get your blood pressure checked regularly. So stay on top of it, monitor it. And you can do that with the doctor. You can also do it at home. Yeah. So it's actually part of normal treatment to have people checking their blood pressure at home. I'm a young, healthy guy and I have my own home monitor that I monitor regularly because I have a family history of hypertension. And even though I do triathlons and I do marathons, we all have a high sodium diet for the most part. We are all under high levels of stress, which contribute to hypertension. So I encourage everybody to go out and get a get a home monitor, but also to go to the doctor to check it out through a controlled setting. But checking your blood pressure at home is super easy. It's relatively cheap. And it's a good way for you to know not only your blood pressure, but also am I feeling stressed today? Blood pressure is very, very responsive to your stress levels. Right. And there's a certain process that doctors and professionals who are taking your blood pressure are supposed to follow, but don't always get it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and this is something that we spend a lot of time with in our EPIC program and um, at the Department of Health. The message for everybody is to go get your blood pressure taken, but a bigger message is, is that even clinicians might not be doing it correctly. So we encourage everybody that's going in to get their blood pressure checked to to question their position. Are we checking our blood pressure correctly? Because if you do it wrong, your numbers are meaningless. Right. And I've experienced this before. You are late to the doctor. You maybe literally run into the office and they get you right in. One of those miracles where you actually get right in (laughs) and they sit you down to take your blood pressure and they're chatting with you. So you're talking, you're out of breath, you've got all these things going on and they take your blood pressure and (laughs) that's the numbers that get used and those are not the right numbers. They're not going to be the right numbers. It's actually, it's really funny, Dave. I, uh, 
a number of years ago, I, I lived about five miles away from my doctor's office and I used to run there for my annual checkup. So I would run the five miles um, <laughs> and I would show up and like you, I was running late. So I had to run a little faster than normal and I get there and they immediately called me in. My heart rate was still through the roof because I had just finished five miles and my blood pressure reading was high. It was really high makes sense because I was just running, but right. the, they looked at me at the doctor's office. They said, oh, well, your numbers are high, but it makes sense because you just ran and they just shrugged it off. And, and this is a caution for all men and especially younger men, because we know that men tend to get hypertension at a younger age is don't let your doctor shrug it off. Whenever I have a high blood pressure reading, which it can be common, right? You're stressed out, you're nervous, you know, going to the doctor, right. what kind of blood test are they going to do? But if your if your numbers are higher than than 120 over 80, that's 120 millimeters of mercury over 80 millimeters of mercury, um, then you should ask your doctor why should we talk about it? Hey doc, I know that my numbers were 140 over 90. That's high blood pressure. Should we be talking about it? And I encourage you to be your own advocate in that because it's easy for them to miss it. And I've actually had that experience where I've gone in, I know where my blood pressure typically is. Mm -hmm. And if I go in and they tell me it's high, then I'll wait until the doctor comes into the office and I'll say, hey, that pressure was a little high. That's not right. Mm -hmm. That's not normal for me. Right. And generally his response will be, okay, well, let's give it 10 or 15 minutes and we'll take it again. Yep. And when yep. they do, it's right back down where it's supposed to be. And so now we've kind of, we're on top of that. I'm lucky because I have a good physician who will do that. But not all of them are like that. Sometimes you have to make that happen for yourself. Yeah, well, and even in your case, you had to be your own advocate. I encourage all men to really consider that as an important thing because the number one leading cause of death is cardiovascular related, right? A heart attack or stroke. And if we don't catch it early, then these complications can happen. But at the same time, if we do catch it early, if you can remind your doctor, hey, let's look at the blood pressure, let's do some home monitoring that we talked about. Okay, turns out that that maybe I do have hypertension, then the doctor can create a plan with you to say, how do we control it, right? Once you have hypertension, once they say, yes, you have it, you've got it for life. So the next step is how do we fix it? I'm sure you've talked uh, with Judy and others about healthy diets, right? Yeah. One of them, one of them is a DASH diet. What you just have to know is that it's what Judy probably was talking about previously, which is high in fruit, high in vegetables, and very low sodium, right? Low salt content right. yep. and physical activity, right? All of these That's things that you've thing. heard. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, is that a lot of people have to get onto medication, Interestingly, men seem to be better at taking medication than women do. It's called medication adherence, meaning that you're more likely to adhere or to follow the doctor's advice when it comes to prescriptions. So at least there's a bright spot there. Yeah, but I think that's the good news. I think you've just mm -hmm. laid it out is the good news about hypertension is if you have it, it doesn't have to be a death sentence. It is that's treatable. Right but you have to do your part and you have to be proactive. You're on medication. You've got to do that. And you have to, if it's necessary, change that lifestyle to That's eat right. healthier and to get that physical activity in. And if you do those things and you follow that advice from your doctor, this is a highly manageable situation. Oh, it's, it's so easy. I mean, it really is an easy thing. If, if you're working with your doctor, medication adherence is probably the biggest reason that people don't, uh, 
treatment isn't really the good word, but manage the hypertension. If you, if you listen and follow your doctor's advice on medication and lifestyle, chances are hypertension will not be a burden on you or your family. It shouldn't be a big reason that you're going to the doctor regularly. But if you let it go, right, and we talked about it, then, then maybe you'll be that person that has a stroke or heart attack multiple times. You just never know. This is not one of those things that you can ignore and pretend that it's not there and it's going to go away. It's not going right. to go away. It's just going to fester and get worse. Well, and it, yeah, and it's hard too because you don't feel it, right? Obesity, right. you know, obesity is kind of an easy one. You know, you can see it in the mirror. You can see it on the scale every time you step on the scale. Um, if you've got maybe skin issues or sunburn, sunburn's easy because you can see it. Um, even diabetes has symptoms. That's right. That's right. Whereas hypertension, you have no idea unless you put that blood pressure cuff on your arm, you have no idea that you have it. Um, and it's actually, Dave, it's called the silent killer for that reason. Right. And you don't wait until your body tells you because when it tells you, Mm -hmm. it can be catastrophic. That's right. That's right. But again, I want, you know, the, the great news is it's very easily managed. Uh, it just comes back to going to the doctor to get that blood pressure checked. It takes checking your own blood pressure at home, and it takes following that advice around a healthy diet and, and physical activity. Right. And, and the thing about the physical activity and the healthy diet, it's such a beneficial thing in so many other facets of your mm-hmm. life as well. Mm-hmm. You should be doing it anyway, right? That's right. That's right. And, and I guess... The good news is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong about this, John, but not everybody winds up on medication. No, no. Many people don't end up on medication. And, and I don't want that to be the, you know, medication being the go-to. A lot of people um, can manage it with healthy healthy lifestyle. The, the problem is, is um, people aren't that good at sticking to a healthy diet and aren't so good at sticking to a healthy exercise. But if you do, if you stick to those things, then you likely won't won't need it. So it depends on the person, you know, can't say one way or the other, but another big one is stress management. And, you know, getting back yeah. to that COVID piece, we're all stressed. Um, and I encourage you, if you, if you have a home monitor, check your blood pressure when you're feeling stressed and then check it after even just 10 deep breaths and you'll mm-hmm. see it drop significantly. Yeah, you're going to see a difference. Well, this has been fascinating, John. I really appreciate you coming on and chatting about this. It's such an important thing. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. Well, I hope to have you back again, John, if you'll come back and join us for another episode later on. You got it. Thank you so much. All right. This has been another edition of the Epic Podcast. Thanks for joining us. 